With Arthur Tierski, uh, We Are All Dead is the feature film winner of Best Screenplay at the Crime Mystery Film Festival. I guess, uh, Arthur, this is uh, based on a novella by Bruno Fisher. Is he a friend of yours? No, it's a, it's an old, he's a, he was a great uh, pulp, pulp fiction writer. I found this novella in a collection of, uh, of uh, I think it's just called an anthology of pulp fiction. And uh, he, he a lot of, wrote, wrote a lot of these little novellas and uh, I think he, he did some TV and movies um, and uh, I, uh, it took a long time to finally find the rights. And I basically, I reached his, his daughter uh, and and she just gave me the rights for a couple of years. And, uh, and her son, uh, Bruno's grandson is actually also right now a TV writer. So it's, it's just a legacy basically. So obviously he died in 1992. So he's not uh, maybe a friend from a, from the visceral world, I guess. Right. But. Would, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was very lucky to kind of come across his work just, just pretty much by accident. And I just I just fell in love with the book. So how does this work then? So you want to uh, you want to write a screenplay based on this this story, this this novel. You want to get the rights. So mm -hmm. how do you like does it cost you money? Like you said, you've had it for a couple of years. Like what's the process mm -hmm. of, uh, of getting the rights for that? Well, first of all, I, I don't recommend how, how I and I've done this a couple of times and I really don't recommend it as I wrote the script. And then, you know, and just assumed that the rights were available. And at the time, they weren't. This was several years ago. And so, it, it you know, I just kind of a couple of years ago, I thought, well, let's check again. Maybe they're available now. But uh, basically, you know, what you should do, you know, if you find a book you want to uh, adapt is, you know, track down who the who the literary agent is, you know, who, who you know, check out look for, you know, the, the sub subsidiary rights, basically. And then, you know, yeah, if you're lucky, you, you, you make a deal, you know, hopefully it's not too expensive. In this case, it was unusual because his his daughter was just totally cool and was just like, sure, you can you can have the rights for, for two years. We don't need a contract or anything. So the two years is almost up. You know, but uh, uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll check back in with her, I guess, and see, so see, where, what, see where she stands. What is your game plan then? You don't do you like have an outline already before you get the rights, like what, or you just like get the rights and then you start writing. I mean, I, I think what you should do is is get the rights and then and then start writing. You know, if you yeah. really if you really love the project, you know that that's what you do. You know, you put some time in, you track down. There. Sometimes it's it's more it's more difficult than others, but in, in this case. Uh, sorry. In this case, um, you know, I just sat down and wrote. It was so, it's just, it was such an easy adaptation. It all you know it all it didn't you know it 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 lent itself so easy to adaptation that I just sat down and wrote it. And even when I found out the rights at the time weren't available, it wasn't it wasn't soul crushing. I was I was bummed, but it was more just like okay, move on. You know, it was it was still fun. It was still I felt a good uh, you know worked as a writing sample. I mean, it was it's so much fun to write that dialogue. You know, so it it was just a good exercise mainly at the time. Uh, now I'd love to see it get made, but it's I mean that's that's uh, it's a tall order because I really you know the, the script really needs to be filmed in the the noir style of the yeah. 40s and you know it's hard to find somebody who would want to do that and somebody who'd want to finance that so it's again yeah. I think it works better it's just a writing sample at the moment. Well, you, I guess you could modernize it, modernize it, but have the noir style but kind of make it in kind of like in, in today's world, I guess. Right now you kind of roll it. Yeah. Well, no, no, my because my very first attempt at this, I, I had a friend who wanted to do a short. He wanted to just, to just direct a short for as as, an, as a project. And I thought of this book, and I thought like this could work as a short. It's a very short, not as novels go. It's pretty short, yeah. and so I tried to squeeze it all into a half hour, and I tried to make it modern so it could be filmed, and it just didn't work either. It, it was too, it was too long to be to be a short, and it was it was too noirish to be to to be modern. It was too much of its time to work as contemporary. I mean, somebody else could probably figure it out, but I couldn't. Gotcha. So what's your process is like, what do you do with the, the novella? Like, do you, 
obviously writing a changing something to a novel like it's the old mm -hmm. cliche where like you got to minimize the characters it's, if there's 20 characters in the novella you have to have three or four characters you got to like like merge characters together kind of like that's sort of like the cliche i guess the trick what did so i guess my loaded uh, my long -winded question is like what did you change from the novella to the screenplay well the 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 story itself is 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 i'm pretty faithful to it it's such a great story it's such a, and every everything just kind of fits together and pays off what i did mainly was I added uh, this this framing device at the beginning and end where, you know, the because the, the novel is in first person and, and you know, so in a movie, okay, who is he telling the story to? And so he's he's in, you know, he's in, he's about to be executed and he's telling the story to, you know, just sort of at the, you know, the, at the very last thing he does, basically. And then, you know, we see him in the kind of, you know, traditional noir way being led off to the, to the electric chair. And so, so that, that was important just to have somebody to hear the story and hear the whole, you know, and react to it, basically, you know, it was, is, is, is this preacher just kind of listening and, and, and reacting. Uh, that was the main thing. And then also uh, I, I wrote a lot of the dialogue just because, you know, the, Fisher's dialogue is just very, is just very functional, basically. It's fine. But I just, I just, I wanted to flesh it out, you know, and yeah. just have a lot more banter and a lot more back and forth and a lot more fun with the, the rhythm, you know, of, of noir dialogue. And also there, were, I think there was only one detective in the, in the, novel and I made it too because I think it's way more fun to have two you know these kind of bantering detectives who are doing this kind of passive aggressive thing where they're talking to each other but they're really talking to the to the accused yeah you know? and so so I made it two guys instead of one so gotcha and then there's obviously uh a, there's a romantic element in the script as well right yeah, I mean, it's basically it's a love triangle, you know, it's basically this this woman who we we think for most of the time is the femme fatale who both the narrator and his his kind of boss and mentor and friend uh, fall for and you know and, and then it becomes a, a a square because then you know the Johnny uh, kind of uh, for whatever reason for several reasons takes you know the the girl that you know his that his friend has dumped for the you know, for the girl he loves so now they they basically kind of switch partners basically. Gotcha. Well, it does. it's just so it's so um, it's like obviously there's a there's a there's an element of like uh, of today's world i guess i know it's, it's film noir and like 40s and 50s mm -hmm. but there's an element of today's kind of like themes in today's world i guess that's mm -hmm. still in your script i guess too right i mean you know there's universal you know like any like any good script there's universal uh, or any, any good story you know uh, there, there's timeless elements to it you know there it's basically it's it's a heist story and a murder mystery and uh and love you know, triangle or love, you know, rivalry, uh, you know, and, and it's about friendship. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's about you know, all the great noir stories, I think, really, uh, you know, that they're, they're, there's lessons in there that still apply today. So we, I want to get to, I want to talk to you about the noir stories, uh, like, like the, kind of the history in a second. But before that, what is your, like, what is your style? Like, what is your kind of like, uh, obviously, you've written a lot of scripts, uh some of them done very well for you do you like do you like write every day like you get up in the morning at like five o'clock and like a cup of coffee and just start plugging away or i mean i, I used to i mean i i uh you know i i used to be able to come home from from work from my office job and and uh write you know five pages or you know write my my quota you know and, and write more on the weekends and you know crank out a script in, in a couple of months uh you know and then i got older and then uh it worked out uh you know took up more of my time and my, my you know my you know, personal life took up more of my time and and so you know i write when when i when i have an inspiration of what but once i get going you know it, I, I usually try to stay stay pretty disciplined but it's 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 mainly 
uh, it's either during lunch, you know, like uh, from my job, I, I'll go, you know, down to a, to the break room or whatever and, and write, or, or it's after work if I, you know, and, and a lot of the weekends. Usually I do this big, great big rush, you know, as I kind of approach the end, it's like, let's just get this done, you know, so I'll have a weekend of just nonstop uh, marathon, basically. So do you like, so you said you have a, like an office job, like what, what motivated you to start writing scripts in the first place? I mean, I came, you know, I came here, it's more like, you know, uh, I, I moved to LA in 93 and, uh, you know, with my eyes on, on, uh, on screenwriting and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the office jobs have just kind of supported me and I, you know, it's actually turns out to be a pretty, pretty good living and a pretty, you know, the, the kind of better job you get, the easier it gets. I've found, you know, like I have a lot of downtime and then so plenty of time to, to, you know, try to get the scripts out there to, 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 to come up with ideas to, re, to research, you know, uh, history. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good situation. I, I recommend, I mean, I mainly recommend for newbies, I recommend getting a job in the industry just so yeah. you know how it all works. I mean, I, I didn't know, I moved out here not knowing anything, you know, it's 93. There's no, you can't just search the internet. You can't just go on a message board. You know, uh, I uh, I didn't learn anything until I got a job at an agency and I was there for two years and then they eventually became my agency as, as I got better as a writer. So you like, where did you come from? Or like, where did you move from? Chicago area. I mean, I I went, I was, grew up in Chicago area. I, I went to college in Ohio and then I moved out here right after that pretty much. God, do you have, still have like emotional ties with Chicago or are you like totally LA centric now? My, uh, my mom still lives in, uh, you know, my, my dad just passed a couple months ago, actually, but uh, my, my mom still lives in Chicago and I have siblings on the, on the East Coast. And so, but I, I'm the only one out here pretty much, you know, but uh, found, uh, found a life here. It's been, you know, 20, 20 some years, 29 years, you know. You're so. 20, like around 22, 23 years old and you yeah. move here. And so yeah. what, what's the, like, what's the, like, what's the feeling? Do you go by yourself? Did you move all the way by yourself or pretty much I had, I had my, my brother and, and his girlfriend at the time was, was, uh, was, uh, here, uh, but they, they, you know, they moved out you know, a couple of years later. I had a, I had a, a childhood best friend who lived here. Uh, and so we moved in together and that, that didn't really work out, but you know, I, 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 again, I, um, you know, kind of found my own, you know, once I started working in the industry and, and kind of just yeah. built a network and, and, you know, and just kept writing and, and uh, you know, that's, that's what you got to do something, you know, there, there were, it was a rough couple of first couple of years, you know, but uh, you know, eventually if you're, if you're, uh, if you're committed to it, you know, you, you find your niche and you settle down. The childhood best friend, is he still in Los Angeles? No, he moved to, he moved to, I think Vegas, I want to say, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was just a disaster from the first. I mean, he was, he was yeah, the, the, the friendship, uh, you know, of, of uh, 15 years before or whatever it was, was, uh, was, was uh, not the same. Well, when you, I guess when you're like eight or nine years old and you're like in your twenties, mm-hmm. I guess you're, you've changed a bit, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, the, he was the same in a lot of ways. He was very, uh, he had a lot of anger and he, had, you know, he clearly had some substance abuse issues that, uh, you know, when we were 13, you know, it was, you, he, not surprising you know, that that was in his future, but you know, I, was, yeah. I, I just didn't know about that. No, it's just so interesting because it's like you came here, you had some, but then you're the last man standing. You're like you're the everybody's come, come, come and gone, but mm-hmm. you're still here, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, especially you know now. I mean, I've, I've been with my girlfriend for eight years, and you know, I'm not going anywhere. But but you know, there there were times where where um yeah, it was it was there there were some rough years there, and I mean, I I went on some detours. I I learned how to deal poker, and I, I dealt the the World Series in in Vegas, and I did you know some other things. But um you know, I I came close to leaving, but I mean, there there was always something keeping me. There was always something 
seemed like it, something might happen, you know, and so, you did, so I didn't want to go anywhere. I mean, and, and so things did happen. I got in the Writers Guild. I mean, I did a, did a writing assignment um, uh, for, for the studio, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, like like anybody in this business, you know, you have your ups and downs, you have good years and bad years, and, and uh, you know, but there was just always a reason to stay. And so the, do you have a poker story of uh, screenplay since you did the, that? That seems like an interesting point of view to be at. And, you know, I thought that was part of the reason I, I did the World Series. I, I thought it would be, you know, it would provide some some writing material. It really is not as interesting as it sounds, uh, but uh, you know, it, it was it was fun to kind of get away for a summer and do that stuff. And you know, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, I don't know. I'd love I'd, lo I'd love to do a hate watch uh, commentary on 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 Rounders because I, I have some serious problems with that movie. But uh, uh, no, I, I actually the actual real life of, of the, 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 is pretty the Oreo cookie, whatever, like. Uh, <laughs> pretty obvious as a pretty that's very silly but it's, it's mainly just the end it's mainly you know if you from a screenwriter point of view i just find it i find the ending very problematic because he doesn't really um learn his lesson he you know he he, he kind of takes this big hit at the beginning and then yeah. the you know the the ending doesn't really reflect okay i've grown as a person i've lived my life you know i i, I he, he does the exact same dumb thing at the end that he did at the beginning it's just that he gets lucky at the end and he gets unlucky at the beginning so i i, I just i i see it as a problematic just, just story arc yeah, I guess the Edward Norton shadow character was like, don't be that guy. So then I'm, I'm better than that mm -hmm. guy. So then therefore I've learned a little bit, I guess, right? I, guess, I mean, I guess, but I just, I, I don't get me started. <laughs> I'm no, go just something that, that I, I haven't I, seen the movie. And I, I don't think I've seen the movie since it premiered. I, I saw it in the movies mm -hmm. like 20 years ago. So yeah. I mean, but if you go to any poker table, everybody's quoting, you know, John Malkovich oh, in that they? movie. I mean, you get the constant, constant refrain, you know, poker players love that movie. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, it's like, because I remember when poker was so popular, it was like mm -hmm. every sports channel that you would see like these ugly white men in sunglasses. And for some reason, it was like, it was like, I didn't mean that I took a shot there. Mm -hmm. I apologize. It's, <laughs> it's more for my friend who's a big poker guy. But basically, it was like, what's the, everybody was so fascinated by, mm -hmm. by this. And then of course, of course, it was like, it's not, it's still popular, but it wasn't as, mm -hmm. there seems to be a story there like uh, that, that doesn't get for me, because I used to gamble a lot and mm -hmm. I stopped and I don't think there's been a good gambling movie yet. Like I yeah, don't think there's yeah. been a good one made yet, so. No, my, I mean, my, my, the problem with poker movies, I, I think, is that, is that they, like, if you look at the hand in, in uh, Casino Royale or something, and, and, and I think a lot of poker movies equate getting a great hand and winning a big pot yeah. with being a great poker player. And, and in fact, you know, the measure of a poker player is, 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 does he win a lot of money even if he doesn't have a hand? And so the only one, the only movie that, that I would recommend, the best poker movie of all is called A Big Hand for the Little Lady, which is a 60s movie with uh, uh, Henry Fonda and Joanne Woodward and, and uh, Kevin McCarthy, I think. And it, it's a it's just a delightful film. And it really it's, it's got a great twist. And uh, I, I just I, that's that's the one I would way, way, way better than Rounders. OK, way better than Rounders. That's a good. Yeah. But still, that's the movie that nobody knows about. So there's still there's <laughs> still potential in my in my opinion. Right. Just about gambling and in, in, in its entirety, like because everybody, especially now. Right. And like the thing with poker is that is that everybody because you know, how like you would go to you have to go find a hand and stuff like that. Now you've seen every hand. If you play poker online, like for like 12 hours a day eventually the mathematics are going to come in. It's like the 10,000 hour rule where you're going to see every angle eventually yeah. in poker. So it's a different world now, right. Than it was like they say 30 years ago. Where yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of very sophisticated software that people can, you know, sit down and study for hours and people do. And, and for hours and hours, just, just go through every permutation, permutation, learn, learn the exact kind of perfect way to play. And of course the great thing about the game is even if you play the perfect game, 
you can still you can still lose. I mean, there's still a luck element, and, and so uh, you know it it combines a lot of skills. It combines math and and um, psychology and and strategy and and risk. And uh, you know, I, I I still love the game. Um, well, I, I'm sure there is a good about, poker movie. I talked to you before, but I want to talk to you about the. I asked you a good question before, but. Uh, what movie you've seen the most times in your life? And you kind of used, you said Stop Making Sense, which is like a, it's a musical <laughs> film or whatever. Yeah. You know, those crossing, classic noir, Coen Brothers, yeah. right? Lost in America, <laughs> comedy, The Exorcist, horror movie, It's a Wonderful Life, obviously, The Christmas. Uh, mm. That's a that's a lot of uh, crossing generations <laughs> and moods and tones, I guess, yeah. right? I, yeah, there's no pattern to it. I, I have pretty eclectic tastes. I, I, and I would say, I, I'd say uh, horror, I'm not that big on. I mean, I, I think The Exorcist is, is great, but I, I, I would say horror is the only, the only one that I'm not like, you know, uh, uh, really, really articulate on. I mean, there's, I don't get it. When a new horror movie comes out, I don't get all that excited about it. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, if, you know, smart writing and smart story, you know, good dialogue and characters. I mean, they, I, I think, uh, you know, if you if if the script is there, I'll go. You know. Gotcha. And so, but Mills Crossing is that like what in your top like five of? Uh, it's just the art? best. I think it's a perfect film. I really do. I okay. think I think it's perfect in terms of dialogue, casting, characters, uh, music choices, uh, shots. You know, editing. I, I just think the you know, the cones are the best at what they do right now, and and that is an example of them being the best at at what they do. Yeah, well, they, they, that was their first film, right? And so they, they their, never really come back to that genre since. Yeah, then. no, they, well, they started with um, Blood Simple, which oh, is also sorry, yeah, a you're noir. Right. So but you're totally yeah. Called, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it but it's a, it's a, that's a modern, that's a, a great modern noir. And, yeah. I, and I think, I think uh, you know, Miller's Crossing is kind of the peak of them at the peak of their power. And also a uh, very underrated film, very underseen film is The Man Who Wasn't There, which is uh, probably the closest to, to We Are All Dead that... Um, that I know of, and that it's, it's it's a you know a modern film filmed very much like in the style of the noir, and so that's you know that that's really what I was going for with it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's Billy Bob is like a um, with mm -hmm. barber, right? He's a barber who wants to wants to run a wants to open a dry cleaning uh, business. Yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's he's a great like it, it. It really works like from his kind of like because he's the narrator, right? So it's like yeah. the same guy. And self block, yeah, yeah. And, um, and James Gandolfini, obviously, and Francis mm -hmm. McDormand, obviously. Great cast, yeah, yeah. John Polito, a lot of a lot of Miller's Crossing people, yeah. Yeah, they always switch the tone, right? Where it's it's very serious, and they bring in this comedic kind of character, brings brings the comedic character yeah. into this kind of world, and the lawyer, and all of a sudden, it's still for some reason they they get away with it. They're so good with their directing because it's like usually yeah. tone wise, you're not able to do that, but they're able to like kind of mix up kind of characters, and they bring them into these worlds, and they work. I don't know. Yeah, it's great deadpan humor. Richard Richard Jenkins is is wonderful in that, and Tony Tony uh, Shaloub steals yeah. it. I mean, that's good. That, that's he, 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 a lawyer, right? Yeah. He always, you know, just just walks in, steals the movie, walks out. You know, he, he's the best. Yeah. So, what other film noir like since uh, would you would you recommend watching? I think I, I think probably my favorite is the, is the Killing. You know, the, the early Kubrick film, and because that was that was scripted by Jim Thompson, who's one of the great pulp novelist and so that's just got lots of fun dialogue it's got the great sterling hayden you know clever plot you know that i think i think uh certainly reservoir dogs was was inspired by uh i would say the killers uh you know it, it also has that has that great opening scene which is basically you know the, the the hemingway story you know literally transcribed basically you know and then it goes from there but you know burt lancaster and, and uh you know fantastic cast uh, I, I would say detour is is one of the great ones you know a lot, a lot of movies are 
noir-ish, you know, but you know, double indemnity. A lot of movies are noir-ish, but very, there's, a, there's really only a few that really get the, the fatalism of it, that, that, that the care, the DOA, the main, you know, the main character is, is doomed from the start. And a lot of, a lot of movies are noir-ish, but they end happily, you know, yeah. like, a, like Murder My Sweet or something where, you know, it's, it's a fine, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lovely little movie, but you know, it's not, doesn't, it doesn't check all the boxes. If it, if it ends with the guy getting the girl and solving the mystery, it's not, it's not, pure noir uh, you know but uh which doesn't it's not a bad thing but it's it's just so not some quite in the, films, i guess right or not true noir as you're saying is the Mel yeah no i would say yeah i mean i would say the uh, maltese falcon which is kind of the granddaddy of them all yeah that that's noir but like uh you know to have and have not or casablanca that they're 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 uh yeah, noirish yeah. yeah but is is uh is sunset boulevard noir I, don't, I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely noirish. I don't think from the start, I, I, right? I don't think it, it's it's not exactly in the style of noir. Like the dialogue isn't isn't exactly noir, but it certainly it certainly has a lot of elements. It's definitely inspired by noir. Um, but but the Billy Wilder, I mean, the, the, uh, to see is is double indemnity. If you really, uh, you know, in terms of the, the the kind of king of the noirs. Gotcha. And then obviously some some Hitchcock movies, right? Strangers on a Train, and then right. Which is good. Uh, no. Again, again, noirish. I, 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 yeah. I don't. I'm. I, there's probably some Hitchcocks out there that that have that, that kind of fatalism to them. I, I but I, I think most of them are more just pure, just entertainment that that are kind of noir Ish. inspired. Gotcha. All right, man. Well, that's like you're you're obviously a really talented writer. And uh, you. what's Thank your you. dream? You wanna you wanna make uh, turn one of these films that you. These excellent scripts that you've written to a film, like I mean, you know, the pile the pile's pretty big at this point. You know, I've got you know whichever one. You know, some of them are, are low budget comedies, and some of them are you know more more uh, ambitious history pieces. And uh, yeah, if, if you know uh, whatever happens, happens. It you know it'd be it'd be great if, after you know I've been out here a long time. It'd be great you're to seem, finally. Uh, you seem pretty content, or maybe you're a good actor. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I mean, if 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 nothing happens, I mean, it's 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 you know, I got nothing to complain about, but it, yeah. it it'd be nice, you know. I, I I did put the time in, and I'd put the work in, and it'd be, and I think they'd be good movies, you know. So All right. We'll, well, I appreciate it because I think that you're, like I said, I think you're on to something, especially the script. I think there's going to be a lot of comebacks in terms of genres and, and uh, trends these days with with uh, streaming platforms about like kind of bringing back certain things. So. I don't know. Keep this one at the top of your top of your list. I think there's there's thank you. With this Thanks one. so much. Great, great talking to you. We are all dead. Written by Arthur Tiersky, based on the novella by Bruno Fisher. Blackness. Then a paternal older voice in the dark. Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Wake up, Johnny. Slow fade in. Fuzzy POV shot that gradually comes into focus. Father McBride, a gentle-looking white-haired man, fifties, in a priest's collar, gazing down at us, comforting. A light bulb glows brightly behind his head. Note, film should be shot in black and white in the style of 1940s film noir. How are you feeling, John? Uh, preacher. Not tonight, promise. Time is it? Ten thirty. Ninety minutes. How you feeling? Here to save my soul. In ninety minutes? <laughs> I'm not that good. Eighty-nine. Not much time. Nope. But enough time. Reaches into his pocket, pulls out a pack of Chesterfields. For half of these? Shakes the pack so that one cigarette pops up invitingly. Reveal. We're in. Interior. Death Row Hallway. Night. 
McBride is outside a cell that holds Johnny, 35, gaunt, chiseled, handsome features, slowly sitting up in his cot, staring hungrily at the pack of smokes. Long pause. What's the catch? I say there's a catch? There's a catch. Catches, I smoke the other half. Here, with me. Small price to pay, yes? No preaching. Asked and answered. Johnny eyes him for a moment, considering. Finally nods, accepting. Puts his hand through the bars, his first two fingers forming a V. McBride nods, takes a cigarette out, places it between Johnny's fingers. Johnny leans forward, puts his lips to it, as McBride takes out a matchbook, strikes a match, and lights it. Johnny takes a long, deep draw on it and exhales, slow and deliberate. McBride puts a cigarette to his own lips and lights it, starts puffing. They smoke in silence for a few seconds. So how's it feel? Like a Chesterfield. I meant... I know. You scared? Johnny shrugs. If he is, he's not showing it. You think anything comes after this? What? Like hell? For example? Yeah, there's a hell. How do you picture it? Trying to smoke in peace, but getting grilled by some nosy preacher. (laughs) Point taken. Sorry. Johnny nods, smokes his cigarette. McBride sits down at the floor so that he's eye-level with Johnny. They smoke in silence for a few seconds. Are you? Hmm? Sorry? For what? Anything? Johnny takes a deep drag, exhales, pensive. There's things could have done different. Things I almost did. Things I almost didn't. Yeah? Almost got married. Went straight. Hard to picture. Almost became a lawyer. (laughs) Not as hard. Almost. Pauses. Shakes his head, dismissing it. What? Forget it. Didn't become a robber? I didn't become a robber. No? I robbed. Right. Now and then. Okay. Didn't make a career of it. What did you make a career of? Johnny takes a long drag. Exhales. Surviving. 